Hey guys, welcome back for another episode of Flight Plans. Uh, we are getting ready for the Aero Design East competition and look for what's going on there. I'm Mike Sorg, a video producer and podcaster here. You may see me around some of the events here with a camera. I hope to talk to a lot of you guys very soon out there in Fort Worth, Texas, and we got a crew with us today to talk about what you can expect in Fort Worth with the competition. Uh, we have, of course, first uh, Sam Burrell, the University Programs Manager. How are you doing today, Sam? Good afternoon. Good. Doing good. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. And we also have Sarah Guthrie, the University Programs Coordinator, with us as well. Hey, guys. And on the line uh, from Fort Worth, we have Tom Blakeney. He is, uh, <laughs> I have this from my notes last time, the engineering guru down there. Also, he's the uh, Fort Worth Aero Design uh, Manager uh, for the event. And uh, you've seen him wrong as the uh, Rules Committee Specialist on Technical Inspection. So he's been wrangling around the other competitions around uh, technical inspection. That's where I got to know him in uh, last season. How you doing, Tom? Doing great today. How are you, Mike? Excellent. So I'm looking forward to this. I know for me, first time, I'm going to see you guys in Texas uh, since that was the off year for uh, for Aero Design last year, as you guys have a rotating basis. Uh, so first of all, for people that don't know your background, Tom, um, how long have you been organizing this event in Fort Worth? And uh, what is your job when you're on site with the Aero Design series that we kind of uh, poked at there? Well, I've, I've actually been involved with Aero Design since uh, 2006 or seven. And I first served as one of the volunteer RC pilots uh, through the Fort Worth Thunderbird Club that supplied pilots when the aero design teams did not have one of their own. I did that for several years. And then uh, our local RC club is deeply involved in putting this event on. We've got about 70 to 80 volunteers that we that we rally every year for this event. And they uh, in 2013, I was the Thunderbird event coordinator for the club and organized that side of the event. And then um, in 2014, the previous uh, Fort Worth director, um, Oliver Alvarado, uh, took another job uh, elsewhere, and he asked me to take over as director. So I took a deep breath and said, okay. And then uh, my first event that I directed was uh, 2014, and uh, then I had 2015 off, and I directed 2016 and 17, and Fort Worth had 2018 off. So I guess you could say I've been involved for at least 12 years, maybe 13, and uh, heavily involved in directing the last five years. And it's kind of neat that you've had like that experience in several different aspects of the events as well. Uh, so what is new this year for the uh, Fort Worth event? Yeah, well, Fort Worth is getting uh, two major new things. Fort Worth has not yet hosted the current version of the micro competition where the teams are hauling... Um, uh, larger pieces of low-density payload, which happens to be PVC pipe. So that for, that will be new for Fort Worth, not new to SAE, but new for Fort Worth. And then this year, uh, 2018, we're going to run the first of the latest advanced class, which I think we talked about a little bit in the previous podcast, with the uh, very exciting new advanced class where, they, where the teams not only have to deliver some supplies and habitats on target, dropping them similar to the way they have in the past, but they've also got to design and create a... Uh, a, an autonomous glider, we're calling it the colonist delivery aircraft, it has to deliver a payload of ping pong balls uh, all by itself. It gets released from a certain area on the, in the air on the flying field. It has to navigate itself to the target zone and land in the target zone. So we are really looking forward to that because that's going to be ex extremely exciting. Excellent. I understand, Sarah, the, uh, there's more than just what's on grounds that's going to be going on that's new this year, right? Uh, yeah, we actually um, we have a brand new SAE Aero Design app. 
It's pretty awesome. This is the first year for it for Aero Design, but it is the um, second year of it for Baja and Formula, and it's been going over great there. So we really think you guys are going to like it. It has things like um, team lists, um, the news feed. So, you know, anytime anything happens on site, like important things, um, you know, like flight line changes or whatever could happen on site, we'll be announcing through there. Um, also, you know, things like, oh, your lunches are ready. <laughs> Come pick them up. That, that'll that be on there. Um, or, for instance, if we have some sort of weather delay or weather situation, um, that will be there. So um, we're pretty excited about that. It's available for download now at the Apple App Store and the Google Play um, App Store. So check it out. It's the SAE Aero Design app. We think you guys are going to love it. And it's something that's been used with other competitions. So mm -hmm. this is like it's already... This is kind of the 2.0. You guys have you know yeah, learned so. to see what works in the first year <laughs> yeah, for we, a couple. Yeah, we got all the bugs out with yeah. uh, Baja and Formula. So, so, so Aero Designs again, the more polished version. You know, as yeah. far as the uh, only uh, the only thing that I will warn um, you guys is that at Aero Design we don't have um, Wi-Fi on site, mm -hmm. so um, you're going to have to be using your own data. Um, you know, we understand international teams don't always have that. Um, but for those of you that do, uh, we think it's going to be a great resource to have. So, so Tom, what, uh, can students expect at the, uh, Radisson Fort Worth, uh, South on Friday for the event? Sarah and her crew will be doing registration out in the main lobby as per always. So with registration, um, basically the team captain, uh, comes up with, the fast track roster, and this is something that's always confused that it always confuses students. You know, they come to register and we say, Okay, where's your fast track roster? And they go, Well, they just stare at you blankly. Um, <laughs> what this is, is it's um, your roster that you print off of SAE.org, and it's you have to fill it up with all your team members um, no later than two weeks prior to competition. That deadline for East is coming up rapidly. I believe it's February 21st. So you need to make sure you get all your rosters filled out and then um, before that deadline and then you get it printed, you sign it, you bring it up to us at the registration table and we sign everything off. We give you your giveaways, your lunch tickets, your your wristbands that you have to wear throughout the entire competition. Um, and it, it's just very important that you try to check all the, all the boxes before you get to site because... You know, if you miss that deadline and you're not on the roster, you're not going to get your giveaway items and you're you're not going to get the, the lunch tickets. Um, basically, and another thing that we had decided this year is that if you finish in a uh, like a top place finishing team and you would be awarded a medal, um, if you're not on that roster, you are not going to get a medal. So your team will get the number of medals that are, are, are on your roster. So it's very important that you do these things ahead of time. If you're confused on what the fast track roster is or how to do it or anything like that, um, then then please visit the newsfeed at saeaerodesign.com forward slash go forward slash downloads. Or you could, or sorry, that's the actual downloads page, but the news page is uh, forward slash go forward slash news. 
and you can read all about it. And we'll have links in the show notes awesome. so you guys don't have to memorize that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, I want them to type it out. <laughs> uh, but if you have any questions, we put together a really nice guide to walk you through the whole process so you could be prepared for that. But that's pretty much it for registration. But that's where you get all your t-shirts and uh, your cool giveaways. And I think you'll be happy with this year's giveaway. So mm -hmm. I won't tell you more about it. And then, Tom, I understand <laughs> the oral presentations are going to have some adjustments this year as well. Yes. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention uh, on, on under the heading of what's new is that we decided to step it up a notch and accommodate more teams at East this year. And we allowed for 85 uh, uh, teams to attend. And we've actually worked through the the uh, standby list. And Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, but the number I came up with looking at the turned-in reports was 83 right now? Yes, I believe we're at 83 right now. You know, we have the potential in terms of team numbers to be the biggest, I believe, the biggest aero design ever. Would that be correct, Sam? It would not. Yeah, back in the early 90s, we only had one aero design competition, and that competition had upwards of 100 teams before we decided to split them up and, and do some geographic yeah, so differences. Maybe the, maybe the biggest East or West ever with 80, 83 teams. modern day. I, I would say it could, it's, it's, <laughs> the lar it's the largest um, event since we've gone to a two-event-a-year program. Cool. So anyway, that, you know, that involved a few adjustments to the schedule. Um, the, uh, we're going to start oral presentations a half hour sooner uh, at 9 instead of 9.30, but that's one little change. And another thing we're doing to accommodate the increased number of teams is last year we stood up about nine inspection tables. Excuse me, the last time it was in Fort Worth. This year we're standing up 14 inspection tables because uh, inspection has always been a bit of a bottleneck. Um, it takes a while to do this, and we never really have had quite enough tables dedicated and quite enough uh, uh, time. And with uh, 12 tables, we can give every team an hour, and each table only has to inspect about seven airplanes. And I think that's going to make uh, technical inspection go a little smoother and better than it has in the past, fingers crossed. And, uh, and of course, some of that goes to the teams. The, the, uh, we have some teams that show up, and they're well-organized, and they're completely ready. Everything's well-prepared, and we can breeze through those guys very quickly. But sometimes we have teams, you know, under the press of events, they aren't quite as ready as they ought to be. And that takes quite a bit longer to inspect the airplanes that aren't quite uh, fully prepped and haven't been checked by the team themselves against the inspection checklist. So that covers uh, tech inspection. And one thing we'd like to mention to the students is space will be at a premium. We're even larger than we were two years ago. So, you know, you're gonna, when you're working at the lobby, uh, you can't work on the uh, don't work, you know no cutting and gluing on the floor. Respect the hotel property, please. That's very important. Uh, we don't want to spend thousands of dollars to replace carpet. That would be bad. And uh, we'd also uh, we're hoping that the weather's good and we're going to try to uh, find the team some work areas that they can use outside if the weather's decent. If it's raining, not going to work. But uh, we have high hopes with good weather if we can get the teams to spread out outside and make it easier to get around inside the hotel. Excellent. I know that was a quite a sight to see that in uh, Arrow West last year in that hotel yeah. lobby and just seeing all the planes all over the place and everybody working on them in the hallway. Yeah. Uh, and it's unfortunately, it just there's no way to get rid of it completely. We're just trying to do what we can to to manage it a little better. Absolutely. Of course, there's the welcome ceremony. Um, this is like what is a mandatory event uh, briefing for everybody. Uh, is this really mandatory for uh, all the team members? And, uh, you know, why is it so important that everybody shows up for this? Well, you know, we think it is. And unfortunately, there's teams always have some issues. They're trying to, you know, finish their airplane or trying to 
make changes at the last minute. They're, you know, they're still adjusting things. And some teams do give it a pass, but we really, really, really want the teams to attend. And here's why. Um, the, the, the core of the briefing is two things. It explains operations, what the teams will have to do and how they have to do it to, to participate at, you know, in the flying part of the event, where, you know, where they line up, how they go through the process, how they go back to weigh in after the flying. That's the only chance they get for that briefing, and they need to know it. And the other thing is, uh, the other important aspect of that briefing is safety. There's a num- number of issues and items that are mentioned that uh, involve safety for everybody in terms of flight operations and, and uh, how to do it safely and how to abort a flight safely. And it's crucial that the teams show up for that, even though some don't. We really, really need you to be there. So that's the two main reasons. We explain the operations, and we tell you how to be safe. The mandatory meeting is just that. Uh, it's mandatory. There, there's a number of reasons Tom just went through, so we want to encourage all teams to be present for that Friday evening meeting. One added uh, caveat, one added, uh, I'll make it a special announcement here. First time we're going to be announcing this, and this is uh, something Sarah and I uh, have discussed. Sarah actually came up with the idea, and it has to do with registration. Uh, As we know, registration uh, sells out quite rapidly at at all of the CDS events, but especially the SAE Aero Design event. One of the things that we have done in the past, if teams remember, is we give away gift certificates. We would give away gift cards for uh, various amounts of money. We are not going to do that this year, but what we are going to do is use the lottery system, use uh, the team's names, and pick out of a hat two teams that will be able to register ahead of the official registration time. Um, we we give the top three teams, I believe, Sarah, the top three teams of each event, the ability to register ahead of time. They, they would pre-register. Um, we take that information. They're already on there come the actual registration date and time. And uh, Sarah had the, uh, the great idea that to help out teams that maybe are, are, are not as up on that, the opportunity to pre-register uh, ahead of time, pay their registration fee. And so that will give us an opportunity of not only having less teams going into the internet and hitting refresh, refresh, but it will also give those teams the opportunity to pre-register ahead of the event. Yeah. To be clear, it's not a free registration. It's just the opportunity to secure a spot in registration before registration actually opens. So we're going to be giving out two of those and um, at East, and they will be good for the East competition next year. So they'll actually be good for Florida next year. That's correct. And so uh, to... And then for West, when we give it out in West, it'll be correspond to West next year, which is Texas. Yeah, which is Fort Worth, (laughs) right. That is one added benefit. I think all teams will want to be there because I would hate to pick a team name out of a hat, Tom, and not have them there. So that would be a great mistake. Yep. You don't get uh, great it if mistake. you're not there. That's right. Uh, I think that's an excellent idea. It's the first I've heard of that, and I love it. So uh, nice. I'm going to say that one thing <laughs> One thing we've done in Fort Worth uh, in the past is we've uh, we've gotten some support from uh, local hobby shops and uh, RC vendors, and we, we are going to have a pretty darn nice raffle for – uh, tools, equipment, radio control systems, and a few airplanes. One of the things we'd like to encourage with this raffle is we want the teams to take back something and maybe 
uh, have a have an airplane that they can fly and share with the team and get everybody in the air and be able to fly something somehow, some way. So we're going to have uh, a, at least 30 or 40 pretty nice raffle prizes to give away to the teams, and you must be present to win. We're not going to let you have one unless you're showing up for the meeting. There actually is one uh, gentleman's going to speak very briefly that's a member of Lockheed Martin Missiles and Fire Control. And, and we, But we are going to keep that to a minimum because the teams have lots to do. And we want to get them out there and uh, uh, work back working on their stuff. Okay, we are scheduled for 5:30 to 7 for the welcome ceremony. That typically slips a little. You know, it will. I would say that it will start somewhere between 5:30 and 6 or 6:15. But uh, we're going to go with the we'll go with the schedule and do our best to meet it. But sometimes inspection does run late, and the uh, briefing is in the uh, the big ballroom where inspection is held. So that's our plan, and we'll we'll make it work. That's one example of what we'll be using the app for. So um, I know a lot of times in hotels, there's free Wi-Fi. I don't know if there is or not at the Radisson, but... I, I don't believe that there is. Okay. So sorry to get your hopes up, but <laughs> we, will, uh, we will notify you guys when, if the awards or the, um, you know, the welcome ceremonies push back at all yeah. through the app. So that's another example of how we'll be using it. Um, one one added feature as well uh, is uh, as is normal. We will have the SAE membership team on site this year. Um, they will be there for all seniors and graduating um, sec SAE student members. That um, you will be automatically uh, given a free one year regular membership, but they'll be on site and they'll have an opportunity to speak at this meeting for about three minutes. So uh, you'll definitely want to see the membership team when you're there on Friday. So when people get out there and we've gone through tech inspection, uh, what is it that they're going to expect from the uh, flying field out there on Saturday and Sunday? There's a special map. You have to go in through a certain gate. Our flying field is located in a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers park. And they're open and early just for us. And we have to go in through a special gate. There's the only one open at that time of the morning. It opens at 6.15. And uh, so it's going to be an early call for all those students who have been working hard on the airplanes the night before. And um, we've got uh, out of the field, there'll be five 40 by 40 circus type tents. And there'll be a table for every team and four chairs for every team. And unfortunately, that's all that each team can use because we, we only have enough tables and chairs to supply that to each of the teams. See, we've got uh, some pilots meetings and some volunteer meetings at, in the 7.30 time frame that morning. And flying, be, flying begins at 8 a.m. sharp. We're going to launch the first aircraft at 8 a.m. sharp. So uh, we are going to run a little longer. We're going to run 30 to 45 minutes longer on Saturday, and we're going to run at least an hour longer on Sunday uh, to uh, that hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes should, should be enough to accommodate the same number of rounds that we'd like to get in, which is six with the larger number of teams that are showing up. So we'll run a little bit longer Saturday, a little bit longer Sunday, and uh, that's uh, that's probably the biggest change. The I wanted to win, this be a good time to mention again the four Thunderbirds. The four Thunderbirds have been deeply involved in aero design uh, ever since it's been held in Fort Worth. Um, the it's sort of the largest and oldest RC club in the area. They have a terrific facility out at Lake Benbrook called Thunderbird Field, and it's just about perfect for SAE. And uh, we've got a 480 foot by 40 foot paved runway. The the club does just an outstanding job prepping the field. They set up the the uh, target zone for advance. They set up the um, 
the fencing for the students and the fencing for spectators. They make sure all that we actually set up all the tables and chairs inside the tents. Uh, a million small details, restrooms, trash, you know, it just, it just goes on and on and on. I've got a checklist of uh, about a, at least 70 or 80 items that the club makes sure is ready and complete before the event starts. So the, we could not do that for Thunderbirds. They're crucial to any event in Fort Worth. And they're volunteers, correct? If they're all volunteers. We do give them a, we, we also support their club and uh, we, we give them a donation for the use of the field, but they don't do it for just the donation because they'd be making about a buck an hour if, if they did that. So they do it because they love the event. They love the experience of interacting with the students. And uh, it's a very popular thing. We, we, the, there's more club participation in this event than anything else that we do. Once 8 a.m. rolls around Saturday morning, we're going to launch regular first, then micro, then advanced. And uh, it's a good time to remember that Saturday night we go through daylight savings time change, and we will put the clocks forward an hour overnight on Saturday night. So you got to make sure you do that or you're going to be late Sunday morning, which would not be good. Yeah, a lot of times it, if you're using your cell phone for your alarm, it will right. update automatically. But um, if you're going off of the alarm in the hotel, you're going to be out of luck if you don't, you know, turn it forward. So that's I know right. that's a, it's, it's a little bit foreign for our international team. So um, you can read more about it online, what daylight savings time is and uh, why we do it. But basically in the spring, we spring forward an hour and in the fall, we turn our clocks back an hour on a certain date and uh, something we definitely want you to be aware of so that you're not late Sunday. Pretty much a routine happening at uh, Aero Design when it's in March in Fort Worth. Yep. <laughs> We're universally seem to be on that very weekend where we change from, from uh, regular Central standard central time to daylight savings central time. So I'm just lucky, I guess. We've had it every year. I've been doing it. We've had to do it. And of course, everybody's going to be working all weekend, and uh, they need to make sure you know they stay fueled themselves, not just their plane. Uh, what is the food situation that the students can expect this year at the event? Yeah, we're we've had the we're 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 kind of and when it comes to the food, we're kind of the whole event. We're sticking with what works for us. Uh, we're going to supply student lunches from Jason's Deli. A, a little lunch pack. It's a, a a sandwich and a pickle and some chips and a cookie, and uh, we're are going to have some vegetarian options for uh, the number the teams that are vegetarian. And Jason's Deli is going to deliver to the field. And flying will continue during lunch. So you basically the students can grab a grab a sandwich, you know, grab a lunch box when they arrive, and keep going and work around their flying operations. We do not supply any student meals on Friday, so students are on their own for Friday. Students should feel free to bring any extra food or snacks that weekend. We are going to have a concession stand there run by the club. We let them do that, and uh, they will have some stuff available for the students to buy as well if they're hungry in between meals. And uh, as always, the students will get a lunch ticket at, at registration on Friday, and they have to cough up a lunch ticket to take away their box lunch. Yep, and we don't give any replacements, so don't lose them. <laughs> So what are the pits going to look like when they get out there in the field? Well, the pit area is, like I said, it's uh, five 40 by 40 uh, square tents and uh, with some parking fairly nearby. And everybody gets a, uh, a table and four chairs, and, which is a bit of a problem because we've had teams show up with 26 members before, so, which is a little, you know, it can be a little overwhelming. So they're just going to have to either bring their own chairs or stand around. Uh, it's just the logistics of, you know, having a chair for 26 
you know, a 26 member team is just not too practical. So um, they're going to have a chair. They're going to have four chairs and a table to work. We're going to have an electrical tent nearby. There's no electricity in the tents for safety and insurance reasons. And we're not allowing, of course, any battery charging in the tents, but we'll have a, some electricity available. And there is a, uh, a large battery charging, uh, I believe it's three tents with, uh, with uh, power available to charge batteries. That's even more important this year because now every single event is electric for the first year. Um, previously to this, for several years, advanced class had still been uh, glow-powered engines uh, and not electric power. So more batteries to charge, so we've made sure we've got enough power to handle it and enough space to handle some additional battery charging. And, and that's, a, that's an interesting and important aspect that Tom mentioned. Uh, the fact that we are now all electric uh, hopefully gives us a better opportunity to uh, actually check your designs to make sure that what you've designed actually gets in the air and gets attempted. Uh, in the past, a lot of the problems or a lot of the issues some teams had with an IC engine was it wasn't tuned properly or they couldn't get it to run or, or to, to keep running, as the case may be. So Tom brought up a very important uh, aspect. This, this will be the first time that I'm aware in the last 15 years that we're able to get electric engines for all three classes. And hopefully that gives us a better percentage of, of attempts, if you will. I think you're probably right, Sam. There's uh, This is the first time, and with electric, the power can certainly, you know, with, if it's set up right by the students, the power is certainly more consistent, and there's no magic involved in tuning the, tuning the, tuning the electric motor like there is in tuning the internal combustion engine. Uh, let's see. One thing in the pit area, a couple of years, in 2016, we had fairly torrential rainfall the week before the event, and we pretty much had a sea of mud out there. So I would strongly suggest that students uh, um, hope for the best and plan for the worst weather-wise and bring uh, rain gear and uh, – because there's always a chance we're going to have – there's always a chance we're going to have a bunch of mud again. If it happens, it happens. We're fingers crossed that it doesn't. But, uh, you know, bring rain gear and also – Think ahead. You know, it could it could be you know in Texas in early March, it can be warm, it can be cold. So, uh, I would bring a a range of wardrobe choices if it's if it's at all possible because it, we do not know which way it will go. Excellent. What should the teams do that they they need in the pilot? Right now, that they're writing, uh, they're emailing Sarah, and Sarah is forwarding the emails to me, and I'm collecting them and assigning. I'm in the process of assigning uh, seven or eight teams. I think we have now need pilots, and we're going through the list of. Uh, We've got six excellent volunteer pilots, highly experienced here, and we're uh, hooking up volunteer pilots with teams so they can email a little bit beforehand and know each other. And um, so we're going to keep those pilots busy. Typically, they fly for 20 to 30 teams between them. So a lot of the foreign teams don't have a great pilot that can travel with them. And uh, But uh, we've got some good ones here. The teams, the team pilots or the volunteer pilots, uh, will be identifiable. They'll have safety yellow hats. Uh, safety yellow color, it'll say SAE, Aero Design Pilot, on the hat. So those, any of those six guys can, if you need a last-minute volunteer pilot, we can hook you up. Excellent. And what, if uh, people are in the area or they want to come support uh, their team or the students, uh, you know, our spectator is going to be allowed on the ground. Absolutely. Basically, you have to have a wristband to get into the pit area and to the flight line. Um, we have some bleachers out there for spectators. And they're welcome. You know, we we warmly welcome spectators, and uh, especially you know, like teams, family members. We have a number of those show up every year. So um, spectating is available, but you do have some limits on uh, where you can do it from. 
Yeah, and definitely make sure that, um, you know, you're communicating to your spectators that, you know, the weather could be bad, just like, you know, we mentioned it could be for the pits. But as always, at any event at SAE, um, we don't allow open-toed shoes, so no sandals of any kind for students, faculty advisors, spectators, pilots, anybody. And we also don't allow dogs on site. So the um, only exception to that would be a service dog. One of the other aspects that we need to remind uh, everybody that's going to be on site is a non-smoking site. Um, obviously, no alcohol, but uh, mm-hmm. that's never been a real problem. But obviously, um, with everything we've got going, uh, we certainly don't want to have smoking. Yeah, no inside. smoking. And oh, another thing is this, we don't really have as much of a request with aero design, but at our other events, we're always asked if people are allowed to bring drones to video record and that is not allowed. So you cannot bring your personal drone and record anything from the air. So, so you mentioned weather just a moment ago. What, what can they expect in uh, Fort Worth, Texas in early mm-hmm. March here? Like, what does that look like for people who have never been in the region before? Like we said, it's uh, highly unpredictable. We've had in early March, we've had it be in the mid 80s, and we've had it be in the high 30s, low 40s. Wow. So it could, you know, it, it, you know, typical. It's probably going to be um, 50s to 60s, maybe low 70s. But uh, wind is always a possibility. So wind chill can be an issue if it's cold. And then uh, we've uh, we've had fairly a fair amount of rain that during the season last in 2017. The rain stopped about three or four days before. We had much less mud than we did in 2016, but there was still a little. So, uh, but uh, basically, weather-wise, plan for anything and everything. Excellent. And of course, if there's any updates for anything going on, uh, that's another aspect that the app is uh, very helpful with. I finally downloaded the app, sir, and <laughs> I have to admit it's very cool. I'm looking forward to getting you some more of my information, the awesome. scheduling information, so you can get it on there and. And I've got this uh, PowerPoint that gives the teams a lot of information that we're going to try to get on there somehow. Perfect. Yeah, we can definitely get that on there. And um, teams, so you know the schedule is live on there. I do think we still need to update it for the oral presentation change. We do have, um, I got the the map up of the flying field. So the map, the map is available on the app now. So um, as we get closer and closer to the event, you'll start to see more information be posted on there. So definitely download it and check it out. Of course, this being an event that's uh, in two separate locations uh, between the days, will SAE be providing any sort of transportation to and from the flying field? Over the years, we've had a number of comments in regards to that question. Um, th- this event simulates a real-life industry, if you will. Um, the Rules Committee creates the rules. The team has to then... Um, Bring basically an RFP, uh, show us what you've built and are competing and uh, defending the design at your oral presentations. Uh, that, in fact, would mean there is no assistance. Uh, and that not only goes for transportation back and forth between wherever you're coming from and wherever you're going, whether it's a hotel or the airfield, um, but it also um, gives the teams the opportunity to use their project management skills, use their teaming skills. One other aspect, and this comes up now and then, is uh, the shipping for the 
teams, and, and we know that the international teams run into a little bit more of a challenge. That is also up to the teams to determine their shipping needs to having everything arrive on time and being shipped out on time as well. So yeah, We have a lot of teams that um, we understand if you're international, it's not always so easy to rent a car or um, situations like that. However, there are teams every year that um, will, you know, call taxi cabs or we've even had teams show up in limos that, that um, yeah, it's, it's real. It definitely, you know, travel in style, I guess, but <laughs> um, it's, it's very possible you can find um, transportation, but it's 100% up to you and your team to figure that out, how you're going to get to and from the field. Um, yeah. So if you're bringing those 26 members of your team, you have to figure out the logistics yeah. of getting them to and from the field. That's how limos end up happening. <laughs> so, <laughs> or or got to fit them all in there. Yeah, or buses. Yeah, we have teams that show up in charter buses and different wow. things. So, um, yeah, not all teams can rent a car and drive from a couple states away. It's yeah. a little bit more challenging for some, but all part of it. Just, just to reinforce what Sam said, um, you know, doing the logistics is is uh, making sure you, you have your logistics put together and making sure they work is part of the deal. And every time we do a project like this at Lockheed Martin, you got to assemble the logistics. That's a, that's just as important as getting the project done. So this this trains them for industry, just like Sam said. Speaking of the industry, uh, well, what sponsors can we uh, expect to be hanging out on site? Well, right now, we obviously, Lockheed Martin will be on site. They are a major sponsor and a major uh, volunteer resource. And uh, as Tom mentioned early in the podcast here, they've been involved uh, for 15 or more years, at least from, from my end. And uh, SolidWorks, who has traditionally been giving uh, teams all the shirts, they just show up, walk around. And uh, so those are the two we know right now. There may be others, but uh, we've got a little bit of time, and we'll let teams know, obviously, via the app when sponsors are in sight. And I mentioned already that we had a, a large number of Thunderbird volunteers. We're going to have in the vicinity of uh, 50 to 60 Lockheed Martin volunteers on site as well, and one of those is Ryan Reynolds, uh, who's from uh, Lockheed Martin Aeronautics in Palmdale, works for the Skunk Works, uh, and uh, Advanced Development Programs is the official name for Skunk Works, and he'll be there. And he's always looking for talent. So uh, uh, bring your resumes, and that's a that would be a great start to bring your resume and look up Ryan and uh, see what you can put together. Okay, and like I said, most of the, like a large number of volunteers are from Lockheed. Is it uh, probably good advice to you know if you have one uh, a volunteer in front of you to kind of pick their brain about uh, you know uh, the industry and stuff while you're there? Absolutely, any of the Lockheed Martin volunteers be more than glad to uh, discuss Lockheed with you because it's. Uh, they love telling people about the company. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, Tom, is there anything else you'd like to tell us uh, for uh, teams preparing for uh, East this year? One thing I'll tell them is the devil's in the details. Plan every single detail and do your do your darndest to get everything organized. The better you're organized before you get there, the smoother the event's going to go. As always. And, of course, uh, you know, if you if you come this year and you're you're doing the event again next year, uh, we will actually be in Fort Worth once again in 2020. You have graciously mentioned over the years your year the March uh, dates, and we do have the 2020 dates. I don't have them officially, but right. I di I did talk to um, 
Tom, and I did talk to the Florida organizer, Mike, um, and they're going to flip-flop where Tom is actually going to get an April time frame and will be in uh, Florida in March. So mm-hmm. those, are, those are the two sites, <laughs> and uh, thank you again. We appreciate it. Glad to do it, and I have to admit I'm a little excited about not being the first-in-the-season crash test dummy uh, in 2020. <laughs> It'll be a chance to uh, see how things go at the other event first and make a few tweaks if needed. Yep, and <laughs> uh, and the, the rule change for next year will – probably uh be uh focused on the regular class so that'll be that th- that'll be interesting as well excellent you feeling uh you feeling good about this after your uh, year off as a event organizer we're we're it's all coming together i got a couple of uh loose items loose ended items that i've got to uh nail down but um the volunteers are all coming in the uh, the site prep is underway i've been meeting every few weeks with the club making sure everything is going to be perfectly prepared at the field uh, I've been talking to the hotel about the uh, hotel uh, arrangements, and um, I think it's coming together. I am gonna I'm gonna stop for a second. I'm gonna brag a little bit. Uh, in 2017, the last year it was here in Fort Worth, um, we got I believe Sam correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we got one of the highest, if not the highest, feedback scores ever for aero design. In the I think it was around 83, 82, 83 percent. You are correct. Positive. Yep, you are correct. And. And uh, I would just like to thank all the volunteers for their hard work making that happen because it's not easy to keep 82 or 83% of 700 college students happy at one of these events. So we are uh, we were very glad to get that score, and we worked hard to get it. I think Sam will test about that. Yep, and that's a great point. One of the things uh, CDS and SAE does is uh, we survey all the teams, and Sarah will be sending out surveys after the event to everybody on the uh, affiliated list. And what we do is we go through those. I go through those with Tom, with my organizers, and we make improvements year after year. So hopefully every year we be, we, we want to make the changes and improvements that uh, the teams are asking us. So that's one final thing. If, if and when you guys get those uh, survey results from Sarah, please fill them out honestly and give us your feedback. Like Sam said, we, we take that feedback very, very seriously. We, we integrate it into our planning here in Fort Worth each time. Yeah, it sounds great. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Fort Worth for the first time here personally. It was uh, great to see uh, all these events uh, being introduced to them last year uh, myself, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so, of course, check out everything. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you guys just in a few weeks out there for Aero Design East, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Flight Plans, the SAE Aero Design Podcast. As always, we want to hear from you, so email aerodesign at sae.org. The show notes for this episode and all others can be found at aerodesign.fireside.fm. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode.